everyone, and welcome to episode 57 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, and thank you for the listen. If it's your first time here on this podcast, my co-host and I talk about video games and movies, both news pertaining and what we played or watched over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co-host. My name is Craig. And let's get into the all-important section of things, the news. Yes. Which, you know, nothing, you know, some weird news is what I'm going to say, because I'm going to be starting off with the Super Mario Party. The Switch game gets an online matchmaking update two years after its release. (laughs) All it took was for them to kill Mario to get a uh, Mario Party online. (laughs) This is such an odd time for it. Yeah, what are they doing? Like, like, I... Did, of course, I don't know too much about like the game development side of things, and I don't know how long it actually took to do something like this. But the fact that like they didn't even like drop it in an announcement, it's just an update and now you can do it. <laughs> and that and and you'd think Nintendo would want to be like, hey, guys, this just happened. Or, yeah. you know, this update is going to be coming out a week or two weeks from now. But nope, nothing just has it now. I imagine somebody at Nintendo probably working from home, but like getting on a team's call and being like, hey, guys, we never turn this on. You think we should turn it on? And they're just like, yeah, why not? Just throw it on. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah, because there's like no fanfare, nothing. And like, I'm sure there's still people playing this game, but this is something that should have been there like maybe a couple months after it came out. Like, I don't even know the last time I played that game. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if sales kind of shoot up for this game because of its new online mode. Mm-hmm. And maybe there maybe this is also to test the waters, because if this game like sells well after this, you know, a lot of people want another one of these. Yeah. Despite the shortcomings of Super Mario, uh, Super Mario Party, they just needed to add more maps. You know, there was tons of mini games, you know, they just had to make more diverse maps. I thought the character and the special dice were cool. They just needed to add more flavor and just add more content to it in order for people to come back. Yeah. And if they do that and, you know, make more mini games and stuff, I think we're going to have a fun time with whatever Super Mario Party comes out next. Yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to get another one. I don't know what the normal development time is between Mario Parties. I feel like it's a long time. Yeah, I think so like as well. Like four or five years, maybe. But yeah, it could be a good time to bring something out like that that they've been working on in secret, maybe. Uh, all right, so I have the potential. They're saying potential PS Plus games for next month, uh, which I thought was okay. kind of interesting. Microsoft already announced their games with gold for next month, and it's pretty lackluster. It's like Lego Batman and some other stuff. Um, it's Armello, I think, is the other yeah, big one, yeah. which I, I have never heard of. And it's been like the typical thing with games with gold being not that great because all the efforts going into their game pass. So I get that. But uh, PlayStation's been hitting it out of the park with their freebies lately. You know, you had Horizon, Days Gone, Ratchet and Clank. Um, So the two potential ones that they're saying for next month are going to be Disco Elysium and Godfall. So those are some two pretty big games there. Oh, man. Yeah. Disco Elysium was a lot of people's game of the year last year or yeah, last year. Um, so this could be something interesting. It's, I wasn't interested enough to buy the game, but I'll definitely download it for sure and check it out. Yeah, I, I, I have to agree with that. And like, I guess the only salty part about it for me is like to, to have Godfall as a launch game and people probably bought that game at yep. launch. And now what? Um, a couple months you know, later, I guess we are. Yeah, we we are five, six months into it and go, OK, you know, the game didn't sell well. Mm-hmm. Let's release it. 
that'll be an interesting thing. Like I do, I will say they usually do some like free PS five game. And a lot of the times it's been something that has been cool. You know, we got odd world souls born mm-hmm. thing. Um, this month and if they're trying to you know maybe revitalize a playstation exclusive then this is cool i just feel bad for anybody who paid full retail for any uh, for godfall just for it to go free you know less than a year later yeah godfall was 70 right or is it yeah yeah 70 dollar game so i mean if you held off on buying that congratulations you can potentially maybe pick it up for free next month um even though i don't have a ps5 i'm probably still going to grab it that way when i have a ps5 i'll have it um, but yeah, uh, it could be interesting if that's what they're actually doing. Yeah. And Godfall, I know kind of came out to mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think anybody should be expecting this crazy, you know, this crazy game that you're going to get, you know, it's a melee fighter type thing with a whole bunch of loot, which, you know, we already have 700 games of that already. So yeah, I, I highly doubt Godfall's going to do it for anybody that suddenly <laughs> makes them like this genre, but yeah. You know, all power to them. It, it was a cool looking game, but, you know, I didn't pick that up at launch either. So now you don't I, have to. Yeah, <laughs> now I don't see me getting that at all. Uh, speaking of PlayStation, I will mention that PlayStation now is going to be getting a 1080p streaming update this week. Uh, with PlayStation now and especially with a lot of older games, you were only kind of streaming at 720p. This will at least allow 1080p HD, you know, type stuff. And this is. There's been, you know, rumors kind of running up that Sony is working and developing something for X, you know, the answer to Xbox's Game Pass because, you know, it is such a good deal and everything like that. And maybe now this is where we start to see, you know, whatever PlayStation's thing is going to be next. Maybe it includes PlayStation now and it allows, you know, you to go and stream a whole bunch of types of these games. Yeah, I haven't. I had like a free trial way back when, when it first came out. I haven't actually looked recently to see what's on there, but I know there's quite a bit of decent stuff, right? Yeah, it's just a lot of older stuff. Okay. You know, people want certain games on there and, you know, you can, I think, play the, you know, the old God of War game, mm-hmm. uh, the old God of War games. I think there's other stuff you might, I don't, I really can't say what's on there for sure, but I want to say things like, what should be on there is like the Resistance franchise, which we haven't seen since the PS3 days. Yeah. Or the Killzone franchise, which we haven't seen much of since um, the beginning, very beginning of the PS4. Yeah. So I don't I still don't ever see Sony putting their games day one on their service. I just don't see it with Sony like Microsoft is doing. I mean, if they do, that'd be awesome. But I just can't see them putting that up there. So I, and I feel like they're going to have to if they want to compete with with what microsoft's trying to do um i I don't know maybe not maybe they can pull it off if they just have a decent backlog but until they actually fully commit to putting their first party stuff on their day one i don't think they're going to get the buy-in that they want well i think one thing that we'll we'll have to wait and see for is i'm pretty sure when game pass launched it wasn't xbox's i don't believe it was their original plan in order to put the first party games on there that's something they kind of only recently announced in the last year yeah I think that we get a tentative thing from Sony, see how well it does, and if they if they see a chance to capitalize on it, then maybe that's where they go, okay, this is going to be the price. It's going to include first-party games yeah. with it as well. I have, so I think... I have no problem paying for both, as long as there's some day-one stuff in there for it, personally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'll pay 15 or whatever it is, 20 or whatever for both, as long as I'm getting 
what I think is a fair deal out of it. So if it's games that I've already played, like I think almost all of the first party Sony games I've played at this point, I don't think there's really any that I haven't at least tried. So it wouldn't do me that good to have a huge backlog of first party games that I'm probably not going to play. But uh, and then also on the Microsoft side, there is also rumors that they're working on a new Rise, um, which was the okay. Xbox One launch title um, that I thought was decent. It was short, um, but it, I know a lot of people were saying at the time that like, oh, it's just kind of like a tech demo to show it off. But I thought the game was entertaining, um, kind of like Microsoft's take on a God of War almost. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm down for another one. Absolutely. Give me one of those. Yeah, I never played Rise, and maybe that's something I need to look into. I think it's um, on Game Pass. I didn't, I believe. Yeah, I never, I didn't get my Xbox One until much later in the cycle, where the X was, you know, something that wasn't even new. Mm-hmm. So, um, but much later. So, so that that would be cool. You know, it's nice to Xbox has pretty much been known for their multiplayer games and the servers and everything and how well that stuff runs. But to you know what Sony, you know, has made all this money off of is, you know, the sequels and stuff and returning franchises. So yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people played rise because it was one of the launch games for the Xbox one. Yep. And <laughs> if they bring out a number two, maybe there's the fan base is already cemented in there for something like that. Absolutely. Maybe a little bit of a rant here. We'll see, <laughs> but yes. uh, we have claims that EA uh, <laughs> wants to make people buy more FIFA packs no way and yeah no no way the money hungry company is going to try and make people buy more of their packs and i think i think we're starting to see a shift in some things as of late and let me explain why in a way okay we have games like mlb the show who really isn't afraid to give you like okay players are good players without spending a ton of money and you know stuff and i'm comparing mlb because it's the latest game here they give you really good cards for free with like their their special editions and they're permanent they're not these loan cards that fifa that fifa you know gives out when the game first comes out if you buy the 150 dollars edition i get to have cristiano ronaldo or or, uh, lionel messi for five games Ooh, crazy (laughs) five games even though I paid that much for the game it's, and it's stuff like that, that I think people are starting to become more apparent of people realize that FIFA ultimate team, the odds to get a good player are so far in between that it's crap. And I was, I was listening to a podcast today that was saying how the, like you need to at least spend, I think like 20 grand on a (laughs) FIFA ultimate team, in order to have a viable competitive team, like to play up with some of the pros. And to me, that's, that's nuts, Yeah, you know, and you know, there, there's things that FIFA need to do One, they need to up the rates at which good players can be bought at that way. Everybody gets a chance to, to own their favorite player or a good player on their team. And then also just allow, you know, these stupid loan items to go away. Cause you can't sell these items for coins. You can't do anything with them. So I don't see the point of having a Cristiano Ronaldo on my team. If he's going to go away in 10 games or seven games. Yep. And it's the same thing with their legends. They do the same thing with that, where it's loans again. Uh, Like I used to play FIFA so much and I love the FIFA ultimate team, but as you get older, you realize that they're just churning you out for money and they don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, 
They don't care what packs you buy and they don't care how many packs you've bought. Maybe if it was some sort of system where the more packs you bought, you know, the better chances of having a good player were, but that's not something they do. You know, it's, it is literally a casino Mm -hmm. where every spin that you do, there is no greater chance at getting money. It's just all the same odds and completely random. So that that's the kind of stuff I hate with, with like the ultimate team stuff and Madden's, Madden does it as well, and Madden's also a huge cash cow for EA, and the fact that, you know, I can get some sort of 70 overall version of Tom Brady, (laughs) even though, you know, there's all of these 80 and 90 and 99 overall cards, like, it, it, it makes, it makes me angry because there are kids who are asking their money for this, for, you know, asking parents for their money in order to buy these packs or make their teams better so they can play with their friends or have somewhat of a chance winning online. And that's not something that ki- kids don't have the, de- the expendable money to do that. And even then these kids are taking a chance on good players. They aren't guaranteed that because, you know, both FIFA and Madden hate the fact that, or they almost ban the fact that if you buy coins, it's pretty much taboo. Yeah. And and they'll ban your account and stuff like that. So it 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 sucks. And you know, EA, if if I were you, if if EA is listening to this podcast, <laughs> do exactly as I said. Make packs cheaper. Make the make the overalls better. So that way, there isn't such a high gate of entry yep. in order to in order to get this stuff. Because I'm I'm almost positive and it's pretty proven that they mark their accounts for people who play their game on YouTube or Twitch and they make it so that they get good players so that the people watching go, oh, maybe those are the same odds for me. And then when they buy 10 of the same pack, they get they don't get any of the players they got in the first three. Yeah. So it's 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 stuff like that that EA needs to maybe start the public opinion of them, if they do this might start to go up because it's, it's crap as is right now. Yeah. It's, it's what turned me off from playing uh, my team on NBA. Cause I used yeah. to play that all the time and I don't remember which year it was. It was a couple years ago now, but like I started playing it like I normally did. I would buy the game and I would do my player, but I would also do my team. And I, you started getting those cards and I'd be like, oh man, I got a Kevin Durant. And then you would be like, yeah, but he's only, you only have him on loan for three games. And then he goes away. And I just completely stopped playing my team at that point. I know, I don't know if they still do that, but like they've added some other things where like, well, you might get this star, which you would think would be like a 96 or a 97, but he's really only an 88 unless you get the other uh, teammate card and put them in the lineup together, then their their stats will go up. So like not only do you have to have the odds to get like a Kevin Durant, but you also have the odds to get like a Kyrie Irving so that they're both together. And it has to be the same one because there's like 15 different versions of each player's card <laughs> yeah. and they have to match up. And then you get the, you know, the actual stats that you want. And like, I don't have the time patience and I don't want to put the money in to do it. So I've stayed away from my team and I really like that mode in NBA but it's literally unplayable because if you go with your team that you think is decent and go to play online, you're going to get wrecked by people who have just spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get a a decent team. Um, I never really got into Madden there, like my team at all uh, for that reason. Like the NBA one just turned me off so much to that. I just sticked with my player, which is still bad. You're still buying stat points. Um, 
it's different like a game for us like apex like i think they extremely overcharge for their skins but at the end of the day it's just a skin it doesn't really yeah it doesn't affect gameplay yeah it's not pay to win right which these games are exactly yeah and you're not wrong by saying that they really only care about getting your money they could care less what the percentage is you know what i mean like they don't care if you've bought an 800 packs you're still going to get the point zero 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 whatever chance of getting it it's the same thing with us trying to get an heirloom in apex you know what i mean they don't care how many packs you've opened they just it's a one in 500 chance that you're going to get an heirloom um but yeah it's stuff that needs to change i get that this is the way they make money nowadays and i know that they need to make money for developers and companies to continue to make games but there's got to be a better way than what they're doing because it's i don't think it's turning off everybody because there's still people are still playing these modes but eventually it's going to get there See, and from my point of view, I don't think you need to have these things in order to make money. Yes, this money is additional on top of it, but you have games like God of War. You have games like you have all and even EA's own game, Star Wars Fallen Order, Mm -hmm. um, that 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 sold very well. They made money off of that game, you know, not as much when it when compared to FIFA Ultimate Team and all that kind of jazz. Right. But, you know, just make it cheaper, make make the the entry level in order to get these players lower. Don't make it so I have to spend $20 on what would be 15 packs. Yeah. Like, and make it cheaper than that. Make my $20, 40 packs. And maybe you don't have to bring up the odds so much, Mm -hmm. but it's, but, but it's that kind of thing. And it's, it's the pay to win that, like that makes me angry the most because you know, when, and you talked about it like back in FIFA 14, my brother and I would buy uh, coins, you know, and buy the players we want, mm-hmm. which was so much easier than buying coins and just trying to get packs because it's not worth it yeah. at that point. At least if I buy coins, you're guaranteed to get the player you want and or players that make your team better. Yeah. And the all the pros and stuff, you know, what do they do? They pay to win. Like they're not just getting these squads for free. Right. You know, no one is. So it's, yeah. you know, EA needs to show some transparency on their point. Like they, they never shut up about how much money they make on these things, but you know, they, they never, they never talk about, you know, Oh, we sent this 26 year old college kid into extreme debt <laughs> trying to buy cards because he was trying to get some team of the year player or something like that yeah. so you know we it's ea i think we've said it a million times on this podcast but they just don't care because they yeah. are they are making money on these single player games like star wars but if they have the opportunity to make millions or maybe even more than that just on these modes alone they're not going to change until they're forced to um, or until it impacts their business so badly that they don't have a choice. So I don't think it's ever going to change. And one, unless there's some sort of legislation, which they've tried before and didn't work, or, you know, the very unlikely uh, us all banding together and not playing it, which will never happen. <laughs> People are still going to play those games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last piece of news that I have is all the uh, Apex stuff we just learned about the new season new character new mode um we get an arena mode which as you described the other day is uh counter-strike basically which is could be interesting i don't know i don't know how long i'll stick with that mode but 
I am excited to at least try it out and see what it's all about. I used to love playing Counter-Strike, so I could see myself getting into it. It seems like they're changing up a couple things. They're dropping care packages in rounds, which could be interesting. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to try that out. And then, you know, we have the new character, Valkyrie, which I thought she was going to be an offensive character, but it looks more like a support character. She might be a little overpowered when she comes out. I guess we'll find out next week. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of changes to characters, too, that I won't get into. But I'm excited. I'm super pumped. I've been playing this pretty much exclusively for the past couple months now. So give me all the new Apex stuff. Yeah, when it comes to the arena mode, what we mean by CSGO type of gameplay is between every round, uh, you will be buying weapons and you have this point, uh, this point system of crafting materials where you can use those materials to buy weapons, buy upgrades, buy, you know, gear for your player, and they do not carry over into the next round. So it always resets, but you can collect more crafting materials out on the field and etc with it i'm excited for it and i'm also interested to see what like the you know i'm going to use the word meta for you know kind of the best team out there because for for a battle royale like a lot of people are playing horizon because she's crazy good a lot of people play octane um in general so i'm interested to see if because these aren't huge and sprawling maps i wonder whether or not maybe octane isn't going to be as popular yeah in in the arena mode, maybe it's someone who can position themselves or a sh- or can give themselves a shield in order to, um, uh, in order to become more popular amongst everybody else. Because you know, Apex does try to balance the legends as much as possible, but there's always going to be a low pick rate amongst a lot of them. You know, I don't see a lot of cryptos online. Yeah, I, you know, or I'm fuse. just trying to, yeah, or fuse because yeah. fuse is by far kind of and they didn't note it has kind of been the most underused player of all, yep. even considering that this is his release season. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that they're going to work on that and he should get, he, he should get a pretty big buff. So we'll... I think what's interesting too, that you, you touched on a little bit there is the, your weapons not carrying over to the next round is something that's a big change from a game like counter-strike. And I think it's a good thing because when I used to play a ton of Counter-Strike, right, you would always want to save up to buy the op, right? The AWP, the sniper rifle. And if you had bought in that, and let's say you're the last teammate alive for that round, a, a lot of times people would just hide and wait for either the other team to plant or defuse the bomb or the timer to run out so they could keep that weapon for the next round. So I think them doing this eliminates that, which I think is a very good thing of like, oh, I'm just going to lose this round on purpose because I want to keep my loadout. And instead, rewarding you for going for the objective and going for kills. So I think that's a good improvement um, over that. And then, I mean, I still want our old map back. I don't think we're getting it, right? Um, Yeah. yeah. um, I I can't remember. I thought we were getting World's Edge because I'm pretty sure that the the map that's going to be going into the vault or, you know, for people who play exclusively um like the pro league mm-hmm. is going to be um Kings Canyon. Okay. I believe is, I believe is what's going into the vault. So yeah, I've been missing I, I some world's we'll get... edge. <laughs> yeah. I miss it too. Yep. I look forward to it, but overall seems good. They're probably gonna have to balance a bunch of stuff. They always do when the new season comes out, but I'm excited for Tuesday. Yeah. Same here. I just, uh, I know the moment I load up, it's going to take like 45 minutes <laughs> in order for the stuff to finally install. And yep. I'm not sure if that's my PS5 or not, but 
you know, it's Apex is Apex deserves. It's one of the most popular, you know, battle royales out there right now. The constant updates, the constant fixes. Um, I, I will warn anybody who's new to the game and tries playing on Tuesday. The game is going to be incredibly broken and mm-hmm. very hard to get into. If I were you, I would start downloading it now. Yep. <laughs> um, because come Tuesday one, it like, and every every time a new season releases and a new hero, especially, there's always a whole bunch of problems where if somebody does like a certain something, that the entire server will crash. Yep. And and boot you out of the game. So be patient. There's <laughs> always going to be mistakes with this kind of stuff. And just let Respawn fix it. It usually only takes a couple days, like two or three days, and they got everything back and running, yep. at least of the big bugs that they run into. So, yep. you know, um, start downloading it now. Yeah, for sure. It'll, yeah, it'll help you out. And a couple of the things I have on here is the new map for Warzone came out, and it's really underwhelming. <laughs> uh, they... The the director did come out and say that, you know, they're not going back to the to the old Warzone map like this is how it's going to stay. And I guess the reason we're going to say it's underwhelming is that really all they did was like send the area back in time to where um, certain things aren't built and certain stuff isn't destroyed in uh, Vander uh, Vanderdusk or whatever it's for, Van... for Dawn for Dan yeah Verdansk yeah. Verdansk yep. Yep. that's what it is um, you know I I sometimes like to play Warzone and we like pretty much exclusively play on that Island Rebirth map mm-hmm. because it's so much smaller and it's more contained fun but you know I feel bad for anybody who thought they were going to get a big change from Warzone this this time around and you know I even said on the Twitter I I hope that this is just kind of a a prelude as to what could be coming, you know, maybe sooner rather than later. People wanted a brand new map, and I understand the difficulties of doing that because Warzone is huge, and you know, there's kind of two teams working on it with the Modern Warfare and the and the Cold War team. So I'm hoping that once the Cold War team kind of takes the full reins of it, maybe that's when things start to change a bit more. Because the game is definitely gearing toward more of the Cold War stuff now. So, um, best best of luck to Warzone. And I hope the people are playing it are having fun. Because I, I have to admit, you know, the first time playing that map a couple times, it really isn't anything new. I haven't even looked at it yet. Which is surprising for me, for how much I was playing Warzone. But I did, like, the Unthinkable the other day. And for, like, the first time that I can think of in my life, I uninstalled a call of duty while it was still the latest call of duty. Like I completely uninstalled cold war because I still think the multiplayer is not great. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the single player was fantastic. I loved it, but like that multiplayer was in my opinion, like garbage. And, uh, I haven't played it in months and months. And I was going through my stuff on my hard drive and I was like, I don't need this on here at all. It's taking up like over a hundred gigs. I'm just getting rid of it. I still have Warzone installed, but, I do need to at least try the new map and check it out. I just really haven't had a desire to do it because of how everybody's been saying it's not that great. Yeah. Um, I the, the weapons changed, right? They went to like the Cold War weapons. Exactly. Right? That's why I think like that maybe it'll start to change mm-hmm. because now, you know, the Modern Warfare team is probably now going to start like and really start driving down the next game that they're producing yep. where Cold War 
it's kind of done its thing with the story mode and done its thing with the multiplayer. Now their team can focus on cold, uh, can can focus on Warzone. Yeah, but I'll definitely check it out because I do want to at least see if it's any better than the last time I played it. But it doesn't seem like it is. Yeah, exactly. We then have uh, Ratchet and Clank gameplay shown off and Rivet is the name of the new Wombat. Wombat. Wom- yeah, I, I think it. I think that I don't think it's Wombat now that I think about it. <laughs> I think it's like Lamb Lombax or something like that. That sounds right. But um and we get to see a bit more uh just gameplay of that, which is cool. Make sure you check that out on Sony's area or channel there. We have Monster Hunter Rise 2.0 update coming out, which is going to add Elder Dragons, which if you really like uh Monster Hunter, the Elder Dragons are the same old ones that everybody knows about, so I don't really need to go into that. But it's a cool update that they're continuing to add more content. And you mentioned this earlier as well. A Secret Labs gaming desk <laughs> um, is going to be coming out. It's going to be shipping in May. Yep. It has like a pretty much a full surface mouse pad, which is kind of cool. Yep. And the desk starts at 400 and 350, uh, you know, 400 for the larger version. But it's supposed to have cable management, which is another add-on. Yeah, RGB, pull, which is another. Out. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you see the video? Like the cable mm-hmm. management area pulls out from under the desk so you can hide everything. I think that's genius. Yeah. I don't need and it. And <laughs> RGB will be able to be added to it, which, you know, I, I don't need a crazy desk like that. He, You know, I'm going when I eventually upgrade my desk, it's not going to be anything like that. Yeah. So. You know, good for people and good for Secret Labs. You know, their their chairs are amazing. Yep. Uh, from from what I hear, and uh, if they can get into a desk, if they can like make their put their foot in the door for the desks, you know, everybody's going to be able to have like a Secret Labs gaming desk and chair. Yep. Which is, you know, they want they want to have a market on that kind of thing. So. I absolutely love my Secret Lab chair. If I needed a desk, I might consider it because I don't think. It's a lot cheaper than I thought it was going to be. Not that it's cheap because $400 is expensive for a, a desk. But yeah, compared to what you can spend on desks, there's more expensive gaming desks out there. Um, I mean, there's not yeah. a whole lot to it. It's just there's no drawers. There's nothing. It's just flat desk with a pullout for your cable management and then some magnetic holders on the side to put your your uh, cables that you use to plug stuff in. So I don't think it's like insanely overpriced. Uh, I think their quality, like the quality on my chair is fantastic. I mean, I've had it for, I think, almost a year now. And like there's it's still just as good as the first day that I sat in it. So I would consider it if I needed a desk. But I literally just bought a desk not that long ago. Um, And if you're listening, Secret Lab, you could just sponsor us and that'd be great. Just send us the desk and the chairs and we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely review it. If Mm -hmm. you guys could help my my uh, my my chair game, especially because it's quite weak. but we'll we'll get there one day and maybe secret labs will reach out but that's going to be it for news for me let's go ahead and get into the games for this week which i have two me too um (laughs) so i know we both played near replicant so we'll leave that to talk about last but for me and my quest to find an mmorpg (laughs) i downloaded the free trial version of final fantasy 14 online oh no and i look i haven't (laughs) had to pay a single cent for it yet (laughs) that's how they get you but i don't feel bad okay now the game itself, I'm actually enjoying a decent amount. You know, it's it's Final Fantasy type ta- it's it's Final Fantasy type gameplay. The game looks cool, I think. They uh, classes, it's very easy to change classes, which I like. 
Um, you know, you can create a character and if you don't like it, you reach a certain level and then you're able to change and you keep that level with that weapon. Like if I started out as an archer and now, um, now that I've done like all the completion quests for that guild, I can now change and start working on becoming like a mage. So it's very easy to change classes, which I enjoy. Uh, the game overall, I kind of understand why people love this game so far. Like a lot of people will tell you this is kind of the definitive MMORPG in a lot of ways. And it's good. It's responsive and it's not, I don't find the menus too terrible as of the moment, which is something that really bogs me down is when I have to start going through 20 different types of menus in order to get to what I want. I really haven't had that issue as much as of late. I've the only real complaint I have is getting signed up for this thing was an absolute mess. <laughs> so okay. in order for you to get the free trial version, which is the entire base game and one of the DLCs, I believe it's called Heaven's Sword, you need to complete you need to make a brand new um like account in general with Square Enix to get this to work easily because for me, you know, I I like I think I tried Final Fantasy 14 very early on, like on my PlayStation mm -hmm. and my Square Enix account, because it's something that is already registered. I can't get the free trial version, which I think is kind of stupid. Yeah. And if you want people to get into your game and I am a huge proponent of Square Enix, I can't tell you how many of their games I've played all the way through and I love dearly. And the fact that this is kind of gatekeeped in a way to the point where um, a longtime fan who maybe finally wants to try an MMORPG like FF14, it's very hard to get into because if you have a services account with Square Enix, you can't make you can't get the free trial version of this. So I literally had to make a brand new email <laughs> just for Final Fantasy uh, 14 online and. You know, I'm I'm about, I think, two or three hours into it, and it's good so far, and I, I'm going to continue playing it, and I'll let you guys know how my progress is going. But so far, I haven't paid a dime for it, and I'm happy about that. Okay. Is it better than uh, WoW? I didn't play WoW, okay. and I don't... All right. I, I don't think I'll get into WoW, okay. if I'm being honest. That's fair. I mean, if I were to play one, I think Final Fantasy would probably be a better option for me. I thoroughly enjoy the Final Fantasy universe. I yeah. just like that game scares me. Like I, I watching like videos of people play. It's the same thing. I never got huge into WoW. I would play the trials and that's about it. But when you watch like people doing raids and WoW and also Final Fantasy, there's so much stuff going on. There's so many things on the screen that I'm just like, it just like scares me off of playing that game <laughs> and i know like if i played it i would understand what all that stuff is but it's just so overwhelming to look at that i tend to stay away from the mmo genre in general unless it's like a, a shooter like a destiny yeah. or something like that but yeah i love final fantasy so it'd probably be the one to suck me in as well i just know i don't think i would have the time to devote to a game like that those that that's like a that's a, a life sucker <laughs> yeah <laughs> it really is but if that's what you want and that's what you're looking for awesome <laughs> yeah i just can't do it so i'll leave that wholly up to you to to live that life i will all right i'll take it <laughs> uh the other one i played was vikings wolves of midgar um it is a game pass game this month uh top down like diablo so you know that's right up my alley uh but based on the vikings and that culture so you have a lot of that going on. 
Um, it plays exactly like Diablo. You have your main attack, you have your other special attacks that are all tied to a button. Um, and then you're just, you know, you got your map in the corner and you're running around and killing things and completing missions. Uh, my issues with the game so far, played about an hour and a half, maybe two hours so far, is that I'm used to Diablo and Diablo is a, a fast paced, constantly moving game. Your character in, in Vikings is slow. You can still dodge and that kind of stuff. And maybe as I level up, I'll get faster. But it just was like painfully slow walking around and it was irritating me. Um, and, you know, since it is Vikings based, there's a lot of like you're in the snow, cold weather and they have like weather elements, which I've never really seen in a game like this, where like okay. if you're like the first one of the first missions you do, you're trying to go kill this guy, but it's in the middle of like the snow and the blizzard. So as you go, you get cold and you have a meter that fills up. And once you get all the way, you start losing health and you also start moving even slower when you get colder. So you're running from like bonfire to bonfire to warm up and trying to fight off all these people that they're throwing at you. And it was like very tedious and obnoxious, something that I don't yeah. need in a game like that. So, um, I don't know if I'll stick with this. I have such a hard time with all these games because I like the genre so much. But every time I'm just comparing it to Diablo, I'm like, I could just play Diablo because it's a better game. Uh, but I like I like the Viking lore. Right. So I might I'm going to stick with it a little bit more and see if it gets any better. But that like slow moving is killing me right now. And yeah. like it's making me not want to play it. So if I can get faster. Awesome. If not, I'm probably going to put this one down. Cool. All right, we're going to pretty much talk about the biggest game of last week, which yep. was ahem, Near Replicant <laughs> version 1.22474487139 dot dot dot. Why do they keep doing this? I don't know. Like <laughs> we we know that like Yoko Taro, the director mm -hmm. of Near and these types of games is kind of a strange person. Yep. Um and the way his games work are kind of weird as well, but this is the the near games can uh, can only be told really through video game format. It's not something that can be told like in a movie or reading in a book. Yeah. Um, video games are kind of really the only way to tell the story he wants to tell. So, um, near replicant, which I'm just gonna I'm just gonna refer to it as that. Yep. I'm not gonna refer to it every time with the uh, version number of it. Nope. Is a remaster and slash reimagining of a PS3 game that came out only in Japan. And I believe, yep, and finally came out here to the uh, um, to the West, considering the popularity that Near Automata gained uh, from it as well. Uh, overall, for, from my point of view, um, the game doesn't look anything spectacular. If yep. if I'm being honest, it it really does look like it could have ran on an Xbox 360. And it if, did. If, <laughs> yeah, if if I'm being honest, mm -hmm. so you know, don't expect some crazy uh some crazy graphics here that's not what this game's about it's not a 70 dollars game you right. know as much as they say it's an xbox one and xbox series s game they're just charging 60 bucks for it which good on them they probably could have charged 70 and still gotten a decent amount of people to buy it but it's it's not that and i think that's where this kind of why it's not flat out like version 2.0 or something like that is because you know there are slight changes to the character models and everything like that but overall this game kind of plays and feels like a an old 360 game in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and so far for me other than that gripe i've been i've been enjoying this game 
story. Like the characters are very animated and the voice acting is top notch from all of them. Like it's all very engrossing. The, the side quests though are very fetch questy. It's, I need you to get this ingredient, this and this and this you come back, you get money and then go back out and just do another side quest. And there really is no flavor to these side quests other than um, the weapon side quests, which you kind of get to later in the game. But I'll let I'll let Craig talk about near a little bit. <laughs> um, so I had like the Twilight Zone episode issue going on when I started up the game, because when you first start the game, you know, it puts you in like, I'm assuming it's a convenience store or a gas station or something. Um, and when it started up, I'm playing it and I was like, I have played this game before. I, I remember this intro vividly. I remember beating people up with this metal pole and going up levels insanely fast. Like, I remember yeah. this. Like, yeah. what is going on? Did I play this in another life? And when I looked it up and they're like, this game never came out in the, you know, over here. I was like, what is going on? So I had to dig a little bit because I was like, I remember playing a, a game like this on the 360 and near did come out on the 360 but it was not the same version so the version that we got over here uh you know in in this version that we're playing now you are playing as you know the brother of your sister is sick in the version that i played on the 360 and anybody else who played it then you are the father and your daughter is sick but the same pretty much the same game um so, you know, it was tripping me out. I'm like, I know I've played this before, so I'm not crazy. I did play it before. It's just I'm getting the other version now that I never got to see earlier. Um, the original one on the 360, I never beat. And for the same reason as the side quests were driving me nuts um, with how many they were, how boring they were. The story always interested me, but like those side quests turned me off and like nothing's changed. So I'm still like kind of beating my head against the wall with the side quests here. You don't have to do them. You could just go through. But my brain, the way it works, I need to check all the boxes off. So I see yeah. those side quests. I'm like, I got to do them. Got to do them. So then it's good to check the boxes off. <laughs> it does. And then you're in like this loop of like, all right, I've played four hours and I've got literally nowhere in the story yeah. because I'm doing all these side quests. So We'll see if I actually finish it this time because I did not on the 360. Um, it's not bad. I, I don't think it's a bad game. I like the near games in general. Um, it runs fine. It loads quick. It just doesn't look good. It, it yeah. doesn't look terrible, but it doesn't look good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it. I don't know if I'll actually keep playing it or beat it or if I'll just write it off like I did however many years ago. But, I mean, it's not a bad game if you're into action rpgs there's worse ones out there you can play yeah and if i had to compare this game to kind of anything because i i feel like anybody who's going to pick up this game really doesn't know what they're getting into and this is this is going to come off as a high regard from me because i do like near replicant it kind of reminds me of twilight princess okay in a lot of ways where twilight princess isn't this like colorful masterpiece it's got a lot of dry colors it's not anything that's spectacularly good looking like twilight princess is near replicant is kind of the same way where it's it's this kind of darker tone to it and you have to like that i think in order to get to it i think what where the big difference lies in kind of the outlandish characters that twilight princess and replicant has kaine is hilariously kind of foul-mouthed in a lot <laughs> of ways 
her getup is so weird and even the characters like mention that in while you're playing uh grimoire vice is an arcane book that is this like high class and he's i, I just find him so funny mm-hmm. in a lot of ways because he anybody that like insults him or like how dare you call me by like weiss i am grimoire weiss <laughs> that kind of thing and right. it's i enjoy it i the band and that's what i mean by the voice acting the banter between everybody is so good yeah in the game it's it's just a matter of if you can you need to find the balance between doing side quests and i think doing the main story mm-hmm. and one thing I will warn you guys about as well is in a lot of these near games, you have to beat them multiple times to get the true quote unquote ending yep. and near replicant just for frame of reference needs to be beaten three times along with getting all the certain weapons that they mention in the game. So just as a forewarning, if you're trying to get into this game, a lot of people have been saying it's about 35 to 40 hours in order to finish um me personally i really don't know how far i am in it but like i've spent more than 10 hours in near replicant over the past couple days and i've done a lot of side quests (laughs) for sure yep so you know it's good for the character because you're getting money and buying stuff and and um also just gaining levels from the trips back and forth that i have to make but just be aware that near replicant isn't like a game that you've played before if if we're being honest, like there are certain game mechanics that you, like you, you um, in a lot of games you have to follow or you find the flow of the game yourself in near replicant. The, it kind of can take that away from you at times and you need to do what replicant says you have to do and the way it needs to be done in order for um, you to get further into the game. Sometimes I know that's kind of like an ambiguous thing that I just said, but like, trust me when I trust me when I say like you guys will play it, and I think you'll enjoy it. But you need to you need to be willing to live with the faults of this game, not being a, you know, PS5 or Xbox Series X remaster type thing, because it it looks like a 360 game and it plays a lot like it, too. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't mean it's not good. And I think the fact that I am enjoying the game, even though it's not this brand new like exclusive game or AAA game that has all this money behind it. I think that says a lot about how good the game actually is because the story itself is fantastic so far. Yeah, the near games are written extremely well, extremely well. It's just whether or not you can deal with the gameplay itself. Like some people like near uh, Automata, right? Like loved it. Absolutely loved it. And that's the same thing. You had to beat that game so many times to get all the endings. So if you're not down with the gameplay of Replicant, I mean, you're going to bounce off of it pretty quick. But the one thing you can count on with all the near games is they are written extremely well. They are voice acted extremely well, and it's going to be a very engaging story. So you just have to kind of fight your way through or come to terms with the way you're supposed to play it and you'll be fine. Yeah. So that's going to be it for games for us this week. Hopefully you guys and let us know if you end up trying near replicant and what your um, opinions of it are. I'd really like to to hear from other people about, you know, their their playthrough of Near Replicant. We're going to get into movies, which we got movies and TV shows. We got some stuff to talk we about. We do. We have got Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier finale. I have Demon Slayer Mugen Train yep. in the theaters, and I'm not sure. Do you have anything else? Or those, I do uh, have one thing TV related. Okay. That All I, right. That so. I will wait on. 
Okay, perfect. <laughs> so I, I guess I'll start off and go and go through. We'll, we'll get the anime part of this. You uh, went to the movie theaters. I'm so jealous. I, yes, I went <laughs> to the movie theaters and I was very pleasantly surprised with my experience. Um, one, uh, I did have to drive a little bit far out, but I'm not going to get too much into that. Mm-hmm. But the the theater was not packed, which I liked. Um, there wasn't really a fight for the center seats as much as I thought there would be. And people seem to be policing themselves quite well when it comes to how far um, you sit between you can sit far away from each other or not. In your group, of course, you're going to be sitting together, but there isn't like somebody like at the be- at the top of the theater before the movie starts going, you're too close, you need <laughs> to move, that kind of thing. Right. Which is something I was kind of expecting, mm-hmm. considering that they're trying their best to um, to make everybody comfortable in these times. Like movie theaters in, have suffered, I think, probably one of the most yeah. when it comes to when it comes to COVID-19 really destroying businesses. And um, how how they're doing it, at least in our area, is that the um, the theater that I went to is open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which makes sense because that's a lot of the time where people want to go see movies, and then they're closed out the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's going to be a sad reality of it until I think the COVID scene starts to ease up, right. and maybe more people are more comfortable with going to the movies. But this is my first time seeing an anime movie in uh, in theaters and i was really scared if i'm being honest because <laughs> um like i'll admit it anime fans are weird mm-hmm. you know p uh you know i have horror stories of people telling me about how they would go to see like a dragon ball z movie and people are like yelling in the theater <laughs> like when a fight's going on and that's not the kind of movie experience like i was afraid i was gonna get that but i i have to say like first off my theater was perfect and you know, I think one person will listen to this podcast that was at the movie theater as well. And everybody laughed when it was appropriate. The laugh died off quickly. It wasn't somebody laughing for 25 minutes after a joke was told. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was it was such a positive movie experience. Now, let me get into the movie mm-hmm. um, because it's something I'm super excited to talk about. And one thing I'll mention, too, and I was reading this as well, uh, Demon Slayer Mugen Train becomes the highest grossing Japanese animated movie behind Pokemon, the first movie. Damn. Um, okay. Which that just goes to show how long it's been since um, a Japanese animated movie has come to the States and succeeded as well as it has. And I'm going to compare this movie to Endgame, Avengers Endgame. And I know that's high praise from a lot of people, but hear me out here. With Avengers Endgame, the reason it was such impact and so impactful to a lot of people is you had all those movies leading up to it. And Demon Slayer is a lot of the same way where I have 26 episodes of Demon Slayer to watch and then you watch Mugen Train, which Mugen Train literally picks up like one scene after uh, after the anime ends. And the movie itself, uh, it's really fast paced. Like if you I wouldn't suggest watching this movie if you haven't seen Demon Slayer, because it really doesn't explain what's going on. Uh, It gets right into it gets it it goes into it knowing that you've known these characters, much like Avengers Endgame, where, you know, Iron Man, Iron Man doesn't need an introduction. Captain America doesn't need an introduction, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And overall, the movie itself, because and I will admit my attachment to these characters, I was and I was excited for this movie. 
this movie is absolutely gorgeous. The animation is top tier. The use of CGI, which sometimes is bad in anime, was used really good. The effects are next level. Like this, this was like a, it was just like a blinding light show for your <laughs> eyes. There was so many, you know, there's so much stuff going on. It's fast paced action and it's a, it is an awesome movie and I can't recommend it enough if you go to see the, the movie it's uh the movie itself after seeing demon slayer like there is a reason this movie succeeded as much as it did in japan and uh the success here is also telling like people people wanted to see this movie and i'm i'm glad i got to see it in a movie theater one because it looked incredible you know it was the the 4k big screen and the surround sound which they did use very well as well it's not just like they didn't use the bass and the surround sound but the the movie in every way exceeded my expectations and I wouldn't give it like a, I'm not going to give it a score, but I would say that it is the, the only complaint I have is the cheesiness sometimes of anime can be really like overbearing, especially if it's your first time getting into it. The, the dramatics of people crying and the dramatics of, um, you know, the effects and how silly the characters can be. They tend to like take it up to 10. Mm -hmm. Um, and that puts some people off. But, you know, there there's a good there's times that it tries to be funny and then there's times where it tries to be full on action. And the last 30 minutes of this film, my theater was dead silent, like <laughs> zoned into the movie like and Endgame. Exactly yeah. like Endgame. Mm -hmm. And I think I think for a lot of people and especially a lot of anime fans, um, this was kind of their moment. Like Mugen Train, we had heard did so well in Japan. And to have it finally come here and do well, um, I think means a lot to people who watched Demon Slayer and loved it and came out to support it, which I, a lot of people did considering how much money this uh, movie made. Yeah, even though I don't watch anime normally, like seeing this kind of thing do well is a good thing, right? More diversity in what we're seeing in theaters and bringing that kind of stuff over here is a extremely big plus in my mind. So I'm glad that it did well. Um, it's the perfect time, I think, to put it in theaters. People are starting to get comfortable going back. People are starting to get vaccinated, right? So like you feel comfortable going again. I'm super excited to go to the theaters again. Like this wasn't the movie for me to go back to because I've never watched any of it. So but like there's movies coming out. So we're going to start getting back to somewhat normal as far as movie theaters go. And I'm excited for that. So I'm glad it was uh, living up to your expectations. Yeah, and I might have, and I will admit, I might have got caught in the moment a little <laughs> bit to where it's the first time I've been in a movie theater in over a year. Mm -hmm. I was so unbelievably excited to watch this movie that I think in a lot of ways it was going to be impossible for it to um, to like let me down. And right when I thought the movie was going to let me down, it 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 just took it to the next <laughs> level. Like it's really hard to explain because I'm not going to go into spoilers right. with it. But if, and, and one thing I'm going to mention too, is like, this is the first time ever in like my anime, like life that pe like, I'm hearing people talk about this movie and people are watching demon slayer who don't normally watch anime to go see this movie because people are so hype on it. And I just think that's probably, like it's so good for this community and like I can't explain enough how much it like means to me as someone who 
like watches anime and usually doesn't have anybody to talk about it to to where people are coming to you know me knowing i saw the movie going hey you know what should i watch out for yeah. when i when i play demon when i go to watch demon slayer or the anime or the movie and you know it uh i'm getting a little bit emotional here which is kind of <laughs> weird but it um it's a, it's such a good change of pace and i you know anime is something that's becoming more you know um more accepted in the communities in general like you know when you were a kid if you watched anime and you were in high school and you still watched it you were kind of like uh dude what are you doing right like, why are you still watching that why aren't you watching football which i still do mm-hmm. and i still love sports but um the the kind of the change that has happened with demon slayer is something that's been phenomenal and i really can't explain how cool it is to see people talk about anime and talk about an anime movie in the u.s yeah that's really cool really cool so hopefully we get more of this kind of stuff to come over here yeah because then i get to talk about it for 15 <laughs> minutes straight <laughs> um do we want to talk about mortal kombat i feel like that's yeah. that's a good one but i don't think that'll take very long uh yeah. <laughs> um mortal kombat is such like those original two movies are such a big part of my childhood even though they're terrible movies like i watched those movies so many times and had so much fun with just how stupid they were and how much they did not care um like just the way they present those old movies are just like yeah it's a video game movie we're not going to take anything seriously it's just going to be people beating the crap out of each other for an hour and a half and that's really all you need i mean the cgi was awful but i mean that was the time frame so going into this movie like i was excited for this movie but i in my mind i'm like i'm super pumped to watch this movie but i know it's going to be bad and I don't care. Like, I, I really don't care. I just I want it to be stupid fun. And now that I've watched it, I don't think it's terrible. Like, it's not it's not something that you're going to look at and be like, that movie was the best movie I've ever seen. It was phenomenal. But the story was passable. The CGI is good. Um, it's over the top action, over the top, like uh, gore, which you want from a Mortal Kombat movie. Um, yeah. And like. They didn't put all the characters in there that I wanted to see, but like they're setting this up for a trilogy. So we're going to see all those characters that we want to see eventually. And like, I honestly have zero complaints about this movie. I think the acting, considering most of these people I've never even seen before, they did a, they did a good job. They carried the movie the way it needed to be carried. And I can't say really anything bad about it. Yeah, I will say the only character I recognized was um, Hanzo or um, Scorpion's mm-hmm. character. He was really the only A-list actor that I think I re- I recognized. But me personally, I don't have the kind of history that Craig does with Mortal Kombat, and it wasn't a game that I really played during my youth. Fighting games, I don't tend to really play that often or mm-hmm. as much even now. But the movie itself, as a general moviegoer, was entertaining. Yeah, there was it was good action, it was good gore, and you know, kind of the cheesiness of some of it was also <laughs> endearing in a lot of ways. Yep. So, uh, the the only really complaint I have is the main character is a little bit boring. Yep. Where everybody kind of has these like out of out of world personalities in a lot of ways, and he is the most kind of down to earth, boring character mm-hmm. of them. I I would have to say. But other than that, the movie is the movie's fun. I enjoy what um, and I enjoy what it offered. And I'm actually really excited to see where they go with the, with the next Mortal Kombat. I mean, I guess it's like a minor gripe or rant that you just reminded me of. But the main character is a character that they completely made up for this movie. He has no tie to the games at all. And to me, that was kind of 
a weird choice considering there's like vast amount of characters they have in the video game to like go out and just create this new guy named Cole, which is super generic compared to what everybody else is called in this in the games. Like it's weird to me that they decided to go that route. I didn't hate him, but he is kind of forgettable and he's like your main character. Like his special move was literally like he has the Black Panther suit, right? He just absorbs yeah. damage and kicks it back out. Um, but I think the star of the show, in my opinion, is Kano. Um, yeah. He was super funny, which he should be. He's super sarcastic, which his character always has been. Um, there weren't too many fatalities that they used, but the ones they did were good and like they were faithful to the game. Um, and then, you know, your your ending fight scene between Scorpion and Sub-Zero is exactly what I wanted to see. So yeah. no complaints there. I guess, yeah, the minor thing for me would just be making up a random character for no reason. But we'll see. Maybe they progress him as we go on. And I would assume yeah. they're going to put him in the game. So, yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good time. It's on HBO Max. You don't even have to go to the theaters to see it and you'll enjoy your hour and a half. Exactly. I would I would agree with you as well. Mm -hmm. We then have the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale. Yep. Unless you want to talk about the uh, TV show you watched. It doesn't matter. It's up to you. Okay. Okay. We'll do the Falcon and okay. Winter Soldier finale. All right. So in a lot of ways, a lot of what Craig was saying was right. And before I say any more spoilers ahead, spoiler, if you spoiler. haven't watched it yet, <laughs> please go ahead and watch it. Yep. Um, uh, the kind of new Captain America, Falcon Captain America. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Like he's, his suit is awesome. The way he uses his gadgets is still awesome. And the way he uses his shield is awesome. Like that, that character now is just, I think is a lot of people loved him on the internet and I love it as well. It is such, um, it's such a cool way to kind of restart the superhero. And, you know, Bucky, I don't think really gets a lot of time to shine in this episode. You know, he's yep. kind of a main character or a side character, as he kind of should be, I guess, here. Um, and I like a lot of what the episode did. I thought the action was good. I, I will admit, and you'll probably have more to say on this than I do, but I feel like the U.S. agent John Walker type character, they kind of missed mm -hmm. maybe something there where I thought we could have had like a fight with Carly and like Carly and um, John Walker teaming up where um falcon uh well captain america and the winter soldier were going to team up to fight them yeah uh, but that's not really what we get yeah um that very beginning of the episode where captain america because we don't have to call him falcon anymore captain america yeah. comes like flying into the building in his new suit and you see it for the first time fully like it's not on the same level as uh the end of endgame where you hear you know, Captain America standing up to Thanos and then you hear on your left and everybody got super excited. But there was still a part of me that when he comes like crashing through that window and he stands up and he has that suit that you get that kind of feeling like, all right, this is what I was looking for. Like, this is the new Captain America. I'm all about it. They did a good job with that. Um, and like, I'm super for him being Captain America. I think he fits. He plays the character well. He's earned it. Um, I did have a little bit of a gripe that Bucky kind of gets pushed to the side, but it, it is what it is. I mean, he yeah. is, he is the side character here. Um, the U S agent thing kind of threw me off because I mean, they don't call him that until the very, very end, but it's, yeah. I was thrown off that like he's, I'll put in parentheses good, right? He kind of changes his mood a little bit and, and helps Captain America and Bucky out. Uh, but we do get the 
the post credit scenes where you get to see the new suit, which is the U.S. agent suit, and he's with you know Lady Hydra over here. So I think we're going to get to that U.S. agent. Like he'll do anything to complete his mission. He doesn't care what it is. We just didn't get it here in this series. Yeah. And maybe he shows up in another season. You know, maybe that's where they're going with that. Or maybe he shows up in movies. We don't know. But I at least liked it that I got to see the suit and you get to see her actually call him U.S. agent. Um, so that was cool. I think it was it was a good wrap up. This series is so short um, yeah. that I think they could have stretched it out another two episodes and give us more. And I would have been fine with that. But for what we got, it was good. I don't think it's as good as WandaVision, but it, it's still a good series to watch yeah when i first got done with the um with the series finale here i originally thought that this was better than wandavision but now that i've had a couple days to cool down from my original take i do think wandavision may be slightly better now Mm -hmm. that i think about it more and you know i I will say and what a lot of people complain about too the reveal of the power broker Mm -hmm. um was kind of a little lame yeah (laughs) in a lot of ways where you know a lot of people knew who who the power broker was and the post credit scene with her being pardoned yeah. and then being like, okay, I got all these U.S. agents, you know, U.S. government secrets now, and now she's going to start selling them, of course. Yep. But, you know, I, I don't know too much about the history of who the power broker becomes, whether or not this person is evil or not, or something like that. So we'll we'll get to see more, and you probably know more than I do. I mean, they but, could go a million different ways with that, so we just have to wait and see what they actually decide to do. Yeah. But it was a good series. I have no problems with it at all. Had a fun time with it. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. All right. So the last thing I have, since you had your anime section here, um, I'm yep. going to go with what we're going to call the wrestling section. So uh, yeah. if you have been paying attention even a little bit to wrestling, you know that they have not had fans for over a year now. They did do fans at WrestleMania, but they've been doing what they call the Thunderdome which every week when they record Raw live or SmackDown, they have the little screens that go around the arena with everybody's faces on them. And yesterday, we're recording this on Tuesday, so Monday, Monday Night Raw, I got an invitation to be on that, um, which was super, super cool. So definitely I was like, yeah, I want to do that. I have no idea what it entails, but I want to do that. So basically, um, you, you know, they send you your own private link. Um, you, you sign in when they, my call time was 9 15 PM. I signed in. Um, it gives you, you're seeing the same thing that's on TV, the same broadcast, but they're cutting out pretty much everything. You can hear the announcers, but you can hear the wrestlers like you're standing at ringside, which I thought was really cool. And then also you have the producer of the show who is on a headset, who's talking to you while it's going on. So you're sitting there and like, you have to make sure you're wearing something WWE approved because they don't want something that's not WWE showing up, but you're sitting there and you know, you'll have the guy coming on saying like, all right, here comes Randy Orton. He's looking right at you. Make sure you're clapping loud and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was really cool. But the, the coolest thing for me was literally being able to hear like everything they're saying when they're wrestling with each other, like you're standing right there. It was like super cool to me. Um, so it was a fun experience. I thought it was awesome. You're sitting there and he's, you know, they're saying like, all right, here comes, uh, here comes our entrances. Make sure you clap really, really loud. And you feel kind of awkward because you're like, I'm sitting in my bedroom with my iPad, like clapping <laughs> and it just feels weird. Or they're like, all right, cheer really loud. And they're just like, Woo. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like, how low do you be? They can't hear me. They can see me on the screen going like this or like putting the thumbs down or something like that. Yeah. You have to be like overly dramatic with what you're doing. Um, but it was a really cool experience. You can literally sign up for it. I forget the website, but you can go online and sign up for it and then they'll eventually pick you. I think I signed up like months ago and I finally got picked, but it was such a cool experience. If you have like any interest in wrestling, it's a cool thing to sign up for, to get into, to experience it. So I thought it was a ton of fun. I had a ton of fun yesterday. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And you know, I didn't, I didn't go back. Wrestling. I didn't go back to look to see if I can see myself or not. I'm going to have to go back and watch it now that it's, I have it recorded and see if I can point myself out. But if you do watch it and you watch raw or you're going to watch raw, see if you can find me in the crowd. <laughs> let us know. Yep. Let us know if you can find Craig. Yep. Let me know. All right. Well, um, I think that's going to be it from both of us today. It, that's a really cool experience, mm-hmm. though, Craig. It's um, I know I, I know like WWE is kind of a different like beast yeah. ever since it kind of had to go online only and not have fans. So it uh, it's nice that it, they they at least give the hardcore fans a a way to interact with it and be able to hear and feel almost and see, you know, a little bit more inside the ring yeah. than, uh, than what you just get to see on TV. Yeah, it's cool. So with that, that's going to be it from us on this podcast. Hopefully you didn't mind the extra little bit of time we gave you, uh, to enjoy this one. The past couple podcasts have been a little bit short and it's nice to be uh, back to an hour and something again. Yeah. So Thank you for giving us a listen. If you're interested in getting involved in the community, we have a Facebook, Twitch, an Instagram, and a Twitter page, which you can all go follow. And it's kind of the easiest way to interact with Craig or I. And if you have any questions or opinions, just let us know. And if you are interested in uh, like sending us questions, we have a website at highsensitivitygaming.com where uh, I get sent questions and you can also send an email to high sensitivity podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. where um, any sponsorship opportunities, if you're looking to, <laughs> if you're looking to reach out, that's going to be the place to go. Yep. So uh, from, from Barry and Craig, you know, myself, uh, we hope you guys enjoy, uh, enjoy your day. Yeah. Have a good one.